0: Gonna drive. Welcome to Red, White, and Blue Jays, the podcast home of Blue Jays Fans UK, a group connecting Blue Jays fans around the UK and beyond and telling their stories. And now, here's the host of Red, White, and Blue Jays, Steve Hunter.
1: Hey, everyone. Good afternoon to you. Welcome to another episode of Red White and Blue Jays. Hope you're all doing well. Feeling really excited today as at the time of recording the GB ladies have just won the most monumental semi-final in the curling. I know you guys are all massive curling fans. Loved watching them. Oh don't know how they came back, having gone 4-0 down in the first end, brilliantly fought all their way back through the game, went to an extra end in the 11th, and they have literally, this afternoon, just brought that home. I know by the time you listen to this, both the gold medal match for, for the ladies and the and the guys will have come and gone, and so hopefully we've got some gold medals to show for it. But I have to say, I'm really excited about uh, what's happened this afternoon and of course, the other big news today, the time of recording, is that Storm Eunice is just making its itself known across the UK. I hope everybody's staying safe and that you're all well. I think we've got away fairly lightly here, which I'm very grateful for. Uh but uh yeah, I think we we've done okay. But uh seen a few reports around the country that uh quite a few places have got well battered to see the O2 arena has lost uh, quite a bit of its roof uh, several trees down around the Bournemouth area where I am. But generally, thankfully, we are in good shape. Really excited about this evening, catching up with a good friend of mine, David. In fact, actually, we're probably gonna talk to him a little bit about the curling because he comes from Scotland and I'm sure he's had a go. One of those things I'd have always fancied uh, pushing myself down the rink. But uh, yeah, looking forward to chatting with David. He's uh, been a longtime supporter of the Jays, uh, particularly in and around Twitter. Uh, I'm sure many of you will have come across him, uh, but please uh, make sure you say hi to him and uh, enjoy this one with, with David.
0: The podcast home of Blue Jays fans UK. You're listening to Red, White and Blue Jays.
1: Thrilled to have Dave with us this evening, a long-time friend of mine, uh, really been looking forward to catching up with uh, with him. Dave, thank you so much for spending a bit of time. How, how are you doing? I'm
2: doing well, thanks. Thank you very much for having me. I'm pleased to be here and hopefully everyone can understand my accent.
1: Oh, uh, excellent. Uh, you know, I always love having the Scottish guys with us because it always just brings a slightly different dimension to our conversations, yep. but... Um,
2: New words as well.
1: <laughs> new words, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, I what well, I do really appreciate, because I know you've got a new wee nipper in your in your family. And so we've been sort of driving dive in between feeding sessions and all that sort of stuff. And then uh, yesterday with my broadband not working very well. Um thank thanks so much for just juggling things around.
2: Oh no problem. He's uh, he's over at his at my in-laws today, so I've got a wee bit of downtime. He's three, I'm afraid now. He's he's <sighs> Yeah, can't believe that, but yeah,
1: that's yeah. that's gone quickly, isn't it? Very quickly. Yeah, yeah, no, to- totally. So, Dave, just for sort of introduction to to you and your family, and uh, obviously a little bit in terms of what you're doing in life, just just give us a bit of background to you.
2: Okay, so I stay in East Kilbride, which is just south of Glasgow. Um, I am a music teacher, a woodwind teacher. So I work for Falkirk Council and ground different schools teaching saxophone, clarinet and flute. Um, I married my wife, Jen, we've been married for 11 years and we've got a wee boy, Scott, and as I say, he's just, he turned three at the weekend there. Um, Yeah, that's that's who I am.
1: So woodwind instruments, so is that something you've always played since you were a child? Is it something Um, your parents encouraged you to do? or how, How did that all happen?
2: Yeah, I started in school, so first year up here, so I was like 11, I think. I just turned 11. Or twelve, just turned twelve, um, and I, I kind of wanted to play an instrument. Um, I was doing a wee bit of piano at that point, and then the chance came up to play saxophone or clarinet, and I was like, I really want to play the saxophone. Much to mom and dad's annoyance, because they were like, you know, like money was tight and stuff, and they're like, so so and so is selling a clarinet. We can get that really cheap, and I was like, no, I want to play saxophone. And I didn't. I I don't know why. I don't know why, but something just attracted to me about it, and. So yeah, that was when I started that school and kind of played it through school, played in school bands and things like that and just enjoyed it. And then towards the end of school, decided that's what I wanted to do at uni and with a aim to teach when I come out. I've always kind of liked teaching in different capacities. So that's what I like to do. Um, yeah, And I feel lucky to get a job. There's not many jobs to go about. So I was lucky to get a job not too long after I graduated. And...
1: In terms of, so saxophone was always your primary yeah. instrument out of all the woodwind instruments?
2: Yep, definitely. Uh,
1: and am I right? This this will be testing my music knowledge, but am I right in thinking uh, oh, a well, saxophone like B flat, B flat instrument? Is that right?
2: Uh, yeah, so there's four main saxophones. Two of them are B flat instruments and two of them are E flat instruments. So okay. whichever one it is, it's a pain. It's a pain doing But yeah, you need to transpose music and stuff. But
1: uh, I, I was going to say, yeah, so for the uninitiated, what, what does that actually mean in reality? Yeah, so.
2: If I'm playing the same music as someone, say playing the piano, I need to play a different note. I need to read a different note in my head to what it says on the page so that it sounds the same. Yeah, um, yeah. it's a bit bizarre.
1: There's yeah, not I was, a fair, what, what, yeah, what a is? Fair, is the, I mean, what is the background to why they did that? I mean, how, I knew you were why, say that, that, that makes absolutely zero sense to anybody to make an instrument when yeah. you play one note sound different to another instrument playing the same note.
2: Um. I don't know. I think, I, I guess it, it's to do with the key work and stuff and it makes it more natural that way. I think that's yeah. it. I remember years ago hearing a quote. Oh, who was it? It was either John Lennon or Paul McCartney. Someone was saying to them, I'm sure it was the saxophone they were talking about and how it transposed. It must have been John Lennon actually because Paul McCartney played the trumpet when he started. But they explained it to him and he just was like some stupid instrument." That's what he said. We'll say something stupid
1: instruments. <laughs> Yeah. Of course. And so if you're playing other woodwind instruments of course some of those would be so in, in yeah. concert pitch or would, is that the right phrase?
2: Yeah, that's that. so the flutes concert pitch and um, the clarinets and b flat as well. Yeah. yeah.
1: So a lot of jumping around in your head as you're playing.
2: Keeps me on my toes.
1: Yeah, yeah. To- totally my my older two girls uh, my eldest did clarinet and my right. second eldest did uh, oboe. And right, clarinet, okay. clarinet B flat, and oboe in in concert pitch. So we understand yeah. that little dilemma of trying to get them to play stuff at Christmas or whatever it was. And yeah. uh, it's always like, oh, one's moaning because it's not in the right key and all that sort of stuff.
2: I know. So I kind of learned, like I used to play in the band in church and stuff. And I kind of at some point learned to just transpose it in my head. I used to write it out, and I'm. i was probably laziness to be honest. That I couldn't be bothered writing it out every week, and I learned to transpose it. Yeah. That I mean, it's a good thing to do, but it's not something I do that often now. But when I yeah. do it, it makes me think again. I need to stop and think and work, which is always a good thing, you know. Challenge yourself.
1: Yeah, no, no, exactly. And and how has um sort of the COVID season affected you? Because I know with my wife and her school, um, a lot of the woodwind instruments um, have had to be put to one side because of the issue yeah. of shared instruments. And that has that had a big impact on you?
2: Yeah, it did for a a while. So um, I'm like senior tutor in our server, so I've got one day that I kind of... Basically, my boss had a child and cut back to four days. So I've got one day that I kind of cover for her effectively. Um, As we were coming to lockdown, she was pregnant. And right away, they were like, you need to work from home. And that was me. I was like, thanks, Gail. That's awesome. That was in charge. So I'm trying to find my way through this with not a clue what I was doing. But we were told up in Scotland it was a wee bit behind England and all that we were were told we couldn't play these instruments in school which was a real pain because we're still trying to do lessons with everyone we didn't want to change the lessons to after school because if that becomes the norm then it changes the job and everything we didn't want that so we're trying to get kids to record their stuff at home and bring it in and then we'd listen to the lessons and sit and chat about it but it just wasn't the same and I hated it and you could see they hated that as well they wanted to play their instruments you know and Like, my wife's an ICU nurse. I totally get how dangerous everything could be and all that. But at the same time, I was like, this is just stupid. Do you know? And they were saying, like, you can't have two people in a room, in any room, playing an instrument, but you could have like 30 kids in a hall playing badminton. And you're like, that makes zero sense. Do you know? Because it was the breathing they're saying, it's the breathing. I was like, there's no way you're doing less breathing playing badminton than you are playing a clarinet. It's just, yeah, it's just a wee bit of, I think, panic and not fully understanding what was going on. But anyway, kind of happened and then when we went into lockdown, like last was that last year at Christmas or whatever, that was actually better for us because then everyone was at home and we were doing online lessons. And so they were actually playing. It was horrible. We, we all hate Zoom and all that now, you know, because we had yeah. so much of it. But that was good for us because we could do online lessons. The kids could actually play in the lesson and for those three months they made so much progress it was incredible but then we're kind of back in school and back to where we were and stuff but thankfully now we're we're basically back to normal you know we're still essentially i'm teaching with a screen between me and the people but you know i can deal with that and like the the groups the bands and the orchestras are back
1: which is great the kids are all loving that so yeah that's good very good excellent now i know Apart from music, you have another passion in life outside of the Blue Jays, and we will get to the Blue Jays. So, handicap?
2: Uh, my handicap is, so uh, systems all change. My handicap is plus 1.4. Sometimes. Uh, plus 1.
1: plus 1. 1.4. Right. How does Sometimes that work? It's plus 2. Right.
2: Okay. Uh, that's all the new system. Yeah. They basically rate each course, and your handicap will vary from course to course, depending on how hard it is. So, at my home course, my handicap's plus 2.
1: Right. Very good. So, yeah. what's the backdrop to your golfing obsession?
2: Um, so, the way mom and dad tell it is, they used to, I used to have these wee plastic clubs in the house, and I used to play with them in the house. And mum says she get fed up with me breaking them. She's like, "You just you swung them too hard, you hit the ball too hard, and they would break." And I, she would fix them with a chopstick. Um, but they get fed up, so I think I was four. I get my first real golf club. Um, mm-hmm. Where we stayed, there was a like, we stayed in the town, but it just happened to be a big grass field out in front of us and so I could go out there and play golf and it was great and I don't I don't really I don't really know I just liked it my dad I think he'd not really started playing before me I think he'd I don't know he didn't play and then it was a doctor or something some injury or something and a doctor suggested playing golf would help and that was when he right. took it up But that's a nice
1: yeah, so uh, nice prescription
2: yeah I know I never get that one it's funny that but yeah um so just played from an early age and then I was always, I just, I just liked it. I wasn't any good at football and stuff like that. I loved playing sports on all sports. Like I played football with my friends. I played yeah. cricket. I play, I still play badminton. Um, I just try everything and do everything at school and that. And um, but I was, I was good at golf. You know, we used to go to St. Andrew's on holiday. So I think we went seven years in a row. And holiday and there was a putting green there called the himalayan putting green it's amazing it's like huge big hills on it stuff and we just used to go down every day and enjoy it and that, i mean i don't i remember wee bits of it mom and dad always say though we used to go and then be like this is like the t marker was an arrow and it would tell you how to play the hole and like you hit this way and it come round off the hills and like you were constantly going it's not you hit it this way and you turn it a different way and you'd end up closer than us and things like this and I don't really know. I don't I don't remember a whole lot of that, just wee bits of that, but that obviously helped because I was just doing that all the time. And then there was a wee nine whole course that I could play with my dad there. So that was it. And then my dad had joined the club up the road from us. And I was I had to wait till I was eleven. I think I was about eight when he joined. And I was absolutely desperate. So as soon as I, my birthday's September, so I've joined like just as we're coming into winter, but I was like, I want to join, I want to join. So I joined the club. Um, got my handicap, and then that's been it. Do you know my school teachers? So I get summer holidays, which helps a wee bit. But
1: of course, yes. And just, I was going to say because yeah, I mean, I played a bit of golf when I was younger, Uh and then when we had family and stuff, that all sort of went to one side. Yeah, as you're probably finding finding now because it's such a big chunk of time, isn't it, to to, to yeah. do around a round of golf? Um, I, but I've just played again recently. I thought, oh yeah, I really miss miss the golfing days. But yep. to, to get a handicap of it, any sense, you're having to put a bit of work in, aren't you? So I was just, yeah, yeah school holidays, I guess, probably helps. It's hard. A
2: lot. I know it's, it's hard work since my sons gone along. And like, don't, I wouldn't change that for the world, obviously. But my, mm-hmm. wife's, my wife's great. She's understanding, you know, so like the first part of the year, the kind of season I'll play, I usually play on a Saturday and then I play for my team. So we get team match, like we'll have one team match during the week at some point. Um, yeah. But it's finding, Time to practice is a difficult bit that that takes a bit more effort and stuff. So, something like especially at the start of the season, what I try and do is once a week, just get up early before work, try and get up to the club before seven, and just for half an hour or something, even hit some balls or do some chipping things like that, and squeeze a wee bit of practice in just to so keep it
1: going. I know you've played St Andrews fairly recently, but obviously, you sounds like you've been there quite a few times on holiday. Any particular courses that you remember that do you know what that was just a brilliant course to play?
2: Yeah, so well, St Andrews. I played St Andrews last year, the old course. That's the only time I played that. That will be the only time I play that. Looking at the prices, that's unbelievable. But I kind of would just my dad and I had always wanted to play it, and I just said them we need to just bite the bullet here, and so convinced them to play it, which was great. That was great and really good experience, especially I haven't seen it for years and stuff. Um, I played. A competition when I was at school it was the Fowler Junior series. It was like a really it was like you had to be really low handicapped again and stuff. So I played that and it was over three different courses. So there was Royal Dornoch, which was great. That's quite often rated in like the top 20 courses in the world. Um I played Blair Gowrie, which was I really enjoyed that. It's a great course, but the other one was Loch Lomond, which is totally exclusive. Like you can't you can't pay to get on there. You need to know somebody, do you know and so we got to play there, with a practice round and then the competition day the next day, and that was great. And I was I played absolutely terribly and loved every minute of it, you know. Um but the girl I remember there was, th- there was three of us, so the the boy, I can't remember his name, he uh just annoyed me anyway. But there was a girl that was playing with us as well, and she's now a professional, she's trying to go onto like the European the ladies' European tour and stuff. Name, so yeah, kind of follow her on Twitter and see how she's doing and stuff, but yeah, you know, that was a that was an amazing course. If I could go back and play any course, that would be the one, but much easier said than done.
1: Yeah, sure. Had you ever considered, you know, if the music thing hadn't worked out, professional golf, was that ever on the radar at all?
2: Yeah, when I was young and stuff, that's what I always said I wanted to do and things, but I don't know. I wasn't, I just wasn't quite good enough, I guess. Like, although I'm playing off plus two, it's a huge gap from where I am to being a professional. Like, it's, it's, because people always say to me, oh, like you're better than scratch. You could be a professional, but it's not. It doesn't work like that. Like massive gap from me to like kind a decent UK professional. Never mind going on to like European tour or the PGA tour or when. Like Do you know it's a huge gap and a lot of a lot of professionals they spend their time working in the professional shop and giving lessons and I never really. As much as I like teaching, I never enjoyed teaching golf. Like I did wee bits with juniors and stuff. I never really enjoyed that. The same. So no, I'm quite happy just working music and keep golf as my hobby and something.
1: And of course, you're you're living in the best part of the country for golf, aren't you? I mean, yeah, the courses in Scotland. Well, would you say? Of. Oh, okay. There's a, there's a little hmm, maybe east,
2: not. Yeah, the east Nuka Scotland. That's the place to be for golf. But they get much better weather. The courses are much cheaper. Like membership, there's like half the price of what it is here in Central
0: Belt. Right. Okay.
2: Yeah, but I can't
0: complain. No, can't. absolutely. If you've got a story to tell, send us an email, BlueJaysFansUK at gmail.com. Now, back to Red, White and Blue Jays.
1: Great. We've seen you adorned in your Blue Jays paraphernalia when you've been out on the golf course on several of your tweets. So give us your Blue Jays story then. So how did that come about?
2: Um, so my dad's cousin stays in Toronto or just outside he stays in Ontario um, and so now and again like every few years either we'd go over there on holiday or they'd come over here and stuff and when they come over they always brought hats and stuff that's pretty much how it started you know my dad would like keep track of scores back then when he could and things like that but then so I was born in 85 so I was like six seven when they won the world series so that was kind of, I wasn't following like I wasn't watching games and stuff then, but like I knew they won the World Series and then they won it again. I was like, this is cool. This is what we do every year. We win the World Series. And that was the end of that. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of how it started. So they, they're they still out there. They stay in Niagara now. Um Ironically, my uncle hates, I don't know if he hates the Blue Jays, he just hates Toronto, I think. But yeah, I thought I think he's just been put off by commuting for hours every day. But, um, yeah, so we, we went out to visit them a few a few years ago, 2017, my wife and I, and got a couple of games out there and things. But, yeah, I think that yeah. was how it started. My dad kind of liked it and just got tagged along.
1: So, in yeah, so obviously in 92, 93, you'd have been sort of 7, 8-ish uh, yep. age range. I mean, you must be one of the few people in our UK scene at least who actually remembers the World Series I mean it was just prior to me ever seeing the Jays play I first saw them in yeah. 1994 so so yeah so, you, you hold the record I yeah, think I
2: didn't, I didn't watch it at the time but I remember I just have a vague memory of my dad watching it when I was going to bed one night I think he must have been watching a recording of it and talking just like a, like a five second memory or something do you know but that was kind of it, but I knew at the time, and I knew, like, some of the players' names. I knew, like, Kelly Gruber and Joe Carter and Roberto Almer and stuff like that. I knew these names, but I couldn't, like, if you showed me a picture of any of them, I wouldn't have known who they were. Yeah, but that was it. And then, like, I had someone who used to send over, like, the wee ball pennants and things like that, and I had them in my room when I was young, but, yeah, and a couple of T-shirts and things that, I had other family mom's side of the family, my mum's sister and her husband and their kids, they stayed, so they stayed in Atlanta and then they stayed in, um, like, like Michigan and stuff. So I used to get stuff from them as well, but, like, I'm sure there's a picture of me, I guess I'm, like, seven or eight, wearing, in fact, I must have been about eight because I had a, a back-to-back World Series T-shirt on. Amazing. And an Atlanta Braves hat. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, of all the teams,
1: yeah, of all the teams, particularly this year, yeah, yeah. But yeah.
2: even though I got that stuff, i was still like I never considered supporting them. You know, it was the Blue Jays that was it.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. So your first, your first visit to them was that then in 2017, was or had you been? Oh, so,
2: it, it? Yeah, um, so I'd been over in Canada in '89, but I was like three. I have that as my earliest memory. I, I didn't go to baseball or anything then. Um, okay. We went again as a family in 2001. So we had two weeks with my and Uncle. They were in Detroit at that point and then went to the other side in Ontario. Um, so we went to a game in Detroit. We saw the Tigers playing the Cubs. So that was the first game I went to. That was, yeah, an interesting game. I can't remember what the score was, but it was like something like 15-11 or something. It was a high-scoring game. And it like everything, you know, like home runs, broken bats, everything. Um, I remember in the game at one point one of the teams were behind and they scored it was like the top of the fifth. They scored seven runs. Or the bottom it was the bottom of the fifth, they scored seven runs. And then the Cubs at the top of the sixth scored seven runs. Do you know? And that was the first time I've been I was like, well, this is what happens. That wasn't yeah. what happens. But yeah, that was exciting. But that was like a that was almost five hours that game. You know, yeah, it, was coming, yeah. it was finished close to midnight, and then there was fireworks after it and <laughs> But I loved it, and my uncle had got tickets through his work, so it was good seats. Kind of just a, I guess about ten rows back from the dugout, which was great. And then, so we were there for a couple of weeks, and then went to you know, like Ontario, um, and we saw the Blue Jays playing. They played the Red Sox, um, yes. and they won. I think it was four three. Did a comeback mm-hmm. win? They they scored two in the bottom of the ninth. Which was amazing. they I think I can't remember it was either back to back or like it was there was a batter in between there. I think they'd like back to back ground rule doubles though. Cause I remember watching the first one, like what happens there? Monk was like, Oh, that's that's a ground rule double. He's like, You'd you you do not really see it that often. And then two minutes later was another one. So yeah. So we saw them then, um, which was good. That was kinda that's I enjoyed the first game with with the Tigers and the Cubs and stuff, but obviously, I love being there in Toronto and up in the nosebleed seats. It was a whole different yeah. perspective on the game.
1: Yeah, no, totally. I have been to um, the, the, the stadium in Detroit, and because it's right in the middle of downtown, isn't it, in Detroit? It's, you know.
2: Yeah, it's, so I can't remember because there was an, because they're obviously in a newer stadium. I can't remember when that changed. If I was in the current one or the old stadium, I can't really remember. I think it was the current one, but yeah. yeah.
1: And it's quite nice from what I remember it's quite a nice ballpark uh it's quite open at the yeah. back so it of overlooks the, the city and you've got uh, Ford field next door which is where the American football is played as well yeah. so it's all sort of in that central central segment yeah. in detroit and of course a lot of i guess a lot of people who were living sort of in Windsor in Ontario which is just across the river probably had a you know, a, a strong eye on, on the Tigers in those days, yeah. you know, obviously a lot nearer than, I don't know how, how long it is, but it's about four hours back up to Toronto, probably from there. Yeah, something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so your first visit into see the Jays, that would have been of course at Skydome as it was then um, yep. up in, as you say, up in the, in the nosebleed seats. What was that experience for you? You know, having sort of heard about this team, having had pennants and hats and, Everything yeah. else, sort of coming across the Atlantic. How excited yeah. were you about going to see them for the first yeah, time?
2: Yeah, it was great. I was, I was really excited about going. everything went, so it was. We were all over, but went me and my dad, my sister, and then one of my—it's not actually my cousin. I'll call her my cousin. My dad is my dad's cousin's daughter. I don't know what that official relationship is, but anyway, she was one of them. Was there and my dad's cousin. Um, so no, I loved it. Like we were just like. I didn't know all the rules and stuff, so, like, what does this mean? What does this mean? But we'd kind of, because I'd been at the game, my dad and I had been at the game a couple of weeks earlier, I'd kind of picked up most of the basic rules there. i say yeah. most of them, There's about 9,000, obviously, but, yeah, I'd picked up most of that, so I was kind of enjoying it and enjoying hanging out with folk as well and stuff, obviously. It's just the social occasion, so, yeah, I really yeah. liked that. It was great, and, obviously, the fact that we won made it even better, you know, you're leaving yeah. on a high. and
1: Totally. So yeah, brilliant Great yeah very good sort of moving then forward from 2001 did you get out again or was was your sort so of next-
2: yeah 2017 was the next time we were out um when i'd been in i'd actually been in florida at one point i think 2014 and we'd booked to go and then the schedule came out and i was like oh they're playing the rays on the last day of our holiday but i was like it was my wife and her mom and dad and i was like can't do that. I can't I can't be that selfish, you know. They won't have any interest whatsoever. So we didn't go then. But I went 2017. We actually went to a game in Cleveland. So we drove down to Cleveland. It was about was about four hours or something. Um yeah, went down to Matt and Uncle and the, the Blue Jays were playing the Indians then, um, which was good. And we got to see Marco Strada pitching then, but he was kind of he'd been through a kind of one of these kind of tough spots patches and he was kind of beginning to come out of it so he a few good innings and then kind of fell apart and stuff we lost that but um i got to see on. he was playing for the indians at that point so we actually got we were a wee bit late getting to get the ballpark we were staying in a hotel phoned for a taxi and it took ages to get there couldn't understand why it takes so long anyway we got down we're getting there as absolute gridlock so we were a wee bit late going in. I think the Jays had actually scored in the first. We missed that. But anyway, we got in, we're watching it. En on hits a home run. And I'm not going to lie, I smiled and enjoyed it. You know, because it was such a... I, I love watching him and everything. So actually getting to see him playing was great and hitting a home run was great. And we were still ahead at that point. So I was like, yeah, this is fine. And then we got absolutely horse. But yeah, it was good going there. and It was... That was a great experience. Again, kind of different seats. So seeing it from a different point of view again. We came out that night and we came out and it was, the place was absolutely heaving. And although the stadium's empty and the stadium wasn't packed, I couldn't see why it was so busy. So we got, we found this taxi and asked if he could take us. And he said, yeah, he said, but I've got two other people to drop off as well. And we're like, right, okay. like That's fine though, because it's so busy. If we say no, we're not getting anything else. So when we squeeze in this taxi, these two other people come out, and we're to them going, were you at the baseball? And I said, no, we're at the concert. And I are like, oh, what concert was it? So literally right next door, Queen and Ad and Lambert were playing. <laughs> and we're like, and everything had emptied at the one time the way it finished.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. But so that
2: was good. And then the taxi drivers, like, taking us totally the opposite direction to drop them off. And I was like, oh. this is the most bizarre thing. But... It was fine. It was good, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I we were in Cleveland on opening day one one year. Um, we didn't right. have t- we didn't have tickets to the game. Jays weren't playing there, but we were we were traveling back from Chicago, back heading back towards Toronto, and we just stayed off in Cleveland for two or three nights. And it was freezing cold, and okay. um, they actually called the the game off. You know, everybody's piling into into the to the ballpark but it was yeah. like minus two or something, but the wind chill was like minus 10. Yeah. Uh, and they just decided not to call it a day. But um, I don't know whether you got a chance to go to see the Rock and Roll Museum while, you know, with your music. Yeah, we record.
2: did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we did. We wanted to see that. My uncle was quite keen to take us into that as well. Yeah. Uh,
1: it's worth a visit, isn't it? If yeah, it was England.
2: great. It was great to see and stuff. I, I didn't really, I didn't know it was there until he told us. So uh, it was good. But then, yeah. so that same holiday we went, Kind of second last day we went to Roger Centre, Roll we Call it, but we um, yeah. went there, we saw the Jays playing the Angels. So, okay. my cousin on the other side of the family, she stays in Toronto, um, she's a bit scatty, a bit of a nightmare. She's great, but a bit of a nightmare. And she's like, Oh, I think I can sort tickets, I think I can get us tickets. And it kept going on. And it got to like the day before, and I was like, Karen, have you got these? Oh, uh, you know, nothing simple with her it's like huge long stories anyway she didn't have tickets but she's like the guy I normally get them from he's away I think he's getting back anyway the last minute she's like right I've got our tickets sorted um so she got them through a casino where obviously she spends far too much time anyway but got it was tickets in a box so brilliant this is great went met her outside went in and a so in the box you go in there's like Two rows of kind of seats and then a couple of couches and stuff. So we just went round. There were seats in the front row, so we just yeah. went and sat down. And then they'd like food out. There was like wings, popcorn, pizza, all the stuff just lying out. Just help yourself. So I was like, brilliant. Chicken wings and baseball. Like it doesn't get any better than that.
1: Yeah. So was that those are the box seats in the outfield? Presumably, are they? No, no. Like, like wh- where are
2: not, they? Like, um, so it wasn't right behind home plate or anything but I guess like it's kind of the same level as like the commentators and all that um, and yeah. kind of round towards the first base side a wee bit, or sorry the third base side a wee bit um, so it was fine, it, it was good being there it was good experience that you get free from drink and stuff I, I, if I'm honest I would far rather be in the stands do you know because you're sitting in this box there's like no atmosphere these folks are here because they've got free tickets it's not because they're big baseball fans you know, so stuff happens and it's totally flat. Do you know whether your team's up or you're down? So it was good. It was great to experience it. But I was like, nah, I'd take the seats. I'd take the nosebleed seats every time over the over the yeah. box. You know, but it was good. And My wife <laughs> liked it because she got some free cocktails and all that. That was good <laughs> for
1: her. She, yeah. Yeah. So, so has she been won over? Is she, you know, a fan? See,
2: nah, not really. If I was, see if we were there in, in holiday and I said, to come to the baseball with me she would do it but if I put it on the telly yeah I don't think she'd sit and watch it
1: Ah so we need to do a bit of work there then
2: Yeah well I don't know I mean there's something to be said for having your own time apart isn't there <laughs> I think if I, if I get into her into that I might need to watch some of her programmes on
1: the telly ah, so it... Yeah a bit of a compromise Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely so um, so some of the games that you've seen uh, not not necessarily in person but um obviously big games that the Jays have been involved in over, over the years that you've known them. Anything that particularly you stand out to you that you remember? Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, I kind of I really started watching it properly in, I think, 2013. Around oh, right about then, yeah. I kind of signed up that for That wasn't a good movie.
1: season to start watching properly.
2: No, and I'd started after, because obviously there was all the hype at the start of the season. I'd started after they'd crashed and everything, like midway through the season. But, yeah, I just signed up for the MLB TV and enjoyed it, and then kind of kept signing up after that. Um, so obviously, like the stuff in 2015 was amazing. Like that 2015 team was unbelievable. Like, and you forget about how good the whole team was, do you know? Because obviously, you think about like Batista and then Canasian and of, Donaldson and David Price and things like that, but like you forget about the other folk in it. I was looking up stuff, stats like Dianna Navarro as part of it.
1: So in yeah, that
2: season, he's... I've got this in front of me. He had 192 at bats. Obviously, he wasn't best built for speed. He had zero <laughs> ground into double plays, and 192 at bats. And he's like, "That's an amazing, an amazing start and stuff." And like, even Danny Valencia, you totally forget he was part of the first half of the season. Like, he was batting almost 300, and they just mm-hmm. had to let him go because they didn't have room for them. Like, that's how good a team it was, do you know. And, yeah, I I love watching like, especially with that team. I loved watching the seeing the different personalities on the team. Do you know, like, I, I'm a total geek for that side of thing and like the kind of psychology part of sto- sports. I love yeah. looking into that and seeing like, so like, let's take Marcus Stroman, total marmite player. Do you know, you love him or hate him? But I love seeing that like when he's swaggering about and stuff. That's what makes him tick. That's what makes him a good. Player, I under, I get that from playing sports. Now I'm not going to go and swagger about, but I understand that that's that's the persona he needs to perform his best and stuff. But then on the other side, there's like Marco Estrada, just is quiet as anything, head down, does his job, and that's what makes yeah. him. I don't know all of that sort of thing, but um, after that, like obviously that playoff was amazing. Sitting watching that, um, still still hurt seeing that guy reaching over the the outfield wall and turned a double into a home run for Kansas City and stuff, yeah. but um yeah, that was good. I remember watching at my house, I was just watching myself, my wife was in bed, um and a guy from my golf club just suddenly texted me and he was like, what about this game? I was like, brilliant, there's someone here. <laughs> so he was kind of, t- he'd stayed in Toronto for a few years and stuff and I didn't know he'd really followed it or anything, but he was texting me a wee bit and stuff and obviously when that, the bulk uh and Russell Martin's throwing the ball back and it come off choose back. The two of us are texting like, I can't, it can't end like this, it can't end this. But yeah, that was amazing. But the next year, so the wild card game, obviously I was mm-hmm. delighted we made the wild card. I was away with school, with a trip, like we'll call it a band residential because I don't want to say the other, the other term. But we had kids away on this trip and the first night was the night of the wild card game. And I was like, oh man, I need to watch this, like I can't, I can't go three days waiting to see it. So the, we all had like a dorm, my kids, so basically there's my room in the middle and then there's the dorm round about. So the dorm I had was younger kids and my boss was like 10 o'clock, lights out. I was like, perfect, 10 o'clock, lights out, they all went to sleep, no bother. I went to sleep, set my alarm for one o'clock or whatever it was. And I sat in this wee dorm with no Wi-Fi so I was just burning data on my phone. I think I used half my month's data. And I was just sitting watching it. And every time like I was that desperate, every time it got to the change innings, I'd stop it and sit and wait for a minute and a half and start it again. And, yeah, that was good. And I watched it. And I remember just it went on and on into extras. And I remember sitting watching Encarnacion's in bat. And I remember yep. the pitch he hit the home run. The pitch was halfway to the plate. And I just said to myself, this is it. I knew it, I knew he timed it up and he hit it. And obviously that was amazing. So the next morning, all the staff are up, we're getting breakfast, and they're all going, Oh, hardly get any sleep. Those girls up all night chatting, these boys, blah blah blah. And I was like, I was watching the baseball for four <laughs> hours. <laughs> it was like the kids were all asleep. And they were at it like, you're crazy. And I was like, Yeah, but that's what we need to do. But So the funny thing was then the next year we were back in the same place and I remember walking into the same room and just getting like chills from being in that place and remembering like just those emotions come flooding back. A weird thing is I've only had that once or twice with different things, but I think that's the only time I've had it with something really positive. But yeah, it was cool just walking back into the room and I was like, whoa, that's just just where it happened, you know.
0: Amazing. What amazing memories. (laughs) 7 p.m. first pitch in Toronto. Midnight first pitch in London. We're Blue Jays fans, UK, and we stay up late. You're listening to Red, White, and Blue Jays. Let's
1: just turn our um, our thoughts just back to last year, then. Okay. How did you How did you fare through last year? Very exciting season overall.
2: Yeah, it was great. I loved I loved it. It's just yeah, I, I was disappointed at the end, but not not disappointed in the team, just disappointed that they'd done so well and not made the playoffs. Do you know what I mean? That like if you'd said to me at the start of the season you'd get 91 wins, you'd I'd beat your hand off, do you know? But to get 91 wins and not make the playoffs, that's a killer. You know, especially when the team that that won the World Series Had nowhere near 90 wins in an easy division. But yeah, the, the team were great and stuff. And I think the two the two biggest things that stopped them making the playoffs Parts from the Yankees and the Red Sox, the two biggest things were, like, obviously not having a home field for half a season. Kind of, it's hard to measure that, but, do you know, you know what it's like when you're away. If you're away with work and stuff, you just want to get back to your own bed. You know, it makes a difference. That, and Kirby Yates, I mean, they've signed someone that they know has got a history of injury problems, but they're obviously never expecting to miss a full season. Do you know, if he's if he's there for half the season, you know, especially the first half of the season, we obviously had bullpen troubles, but. If he's there, we'd definitely win a few more games and stuff, do you know. But it's one of these things. But it was great, you know, it was great to watch and it was exciting. And that's as much as we want to win, that's what it's all about, you know. We get so hung up on the final destination that you forget to enjoy the journey, do you know. But that, that's a total cliche, yeah. but that is what it's all about, you know. Um, yeah. But positive, you know, like it was good to see Guerrero doing what we what we kind of hoped and expected from him from when he's mm. from when he's come up it's taken him a couple of years to get there but don't know he's there and maybe he's not going to be quite as good this year you never know he might be better but he can do it you know that's what we needed to know um, but it was a good fun good fun to watch the team and stuff and seeing Robbie Ray we didn't I don't think any of us had especially high hopes for him like maybe thought he'd be a solid pitcher but I don't think anyone really was expecting him to be a side young and stuff um, yeah so that was good and then Samian was unreal as well. That was that was amazing to have for that year and stuff. And he's not back, but you know, just we'll move on and yeah, yeah, someone else will step up. Hopefully,
1: see where it lands. Yeah, I mean, are you you excited about the twenty? Well, let's assume there is baseball. Uh, Are you excited about the prospect of this team coming back? And you are happy with the sort of signings they've made thus far? Anybody or any position that you are particularly concerned about?
2: Um, I not especially. I don't. I'm not especially concerned about any position. Like I, I obviously just like more pitching depth because you're going to need more. You know, we've got a good four very good starters, and we've got good options for the fifth starter. But obviously, you always want more depth, um, and more depth in the pen and stuff. Um, in terms of position players, I'd say I'm all right with it, and I'm all right with second and third base at the minute. I. And I don't know that's maybe not popular, but yeah, someone who was it, a couple of weeks ago, someone was saying about visual, and get, they still think he's got a chance to break out. Like, I'm absolutely in that camp. Like, I think everyone's just given up on him really, really quickly. But yeah, I think, I mean, he's not going to be he's not going to be Vlad, but he can still be a good player for us. You know, we just need to wait and see and it might not work out. But I think it's too early to give up on him. Um,
1: and, and do you like Espinel? Like, do you
2: like yeah, Espinal at third? Yeah, Espinal had a... I think he had a good season last year and yeah, he's not He's not a high-profile name stuff, but it's, you're not going to get one to nine uh, absolute masters, so, are you? So yeah, it's all part of the team and for my money, if they can keep that money and use it elsewhere, maybe that's the option to do, do you know? Like I remember in 2014 we had a kind of good team and it got to the trade deadline we we're all hoping they do something and they didn't have any money left to do anything and then we come into 2015 and they had money left over at the start of the season so when it got to the deadline they could make these trades like yeah it's important to do that because the trades do make a difference they they, they always yeah. make a big difference to the teams you know um, but no I'm excited I think it's going to be a really tough division again um, but I, I think we're as good as anyone in it and our team more than the others I'd say is heading towards their prime do you know what I mean we've got a lot of young players that are going to get a bit better and a bit better so from that point of view I fancy our chances yeah we'll just see and obviously if you get into the playoffs then it's it's, it's kind of form isn't it in the playoffs like it's they always say form is team and class is permanent it's class to win the, to win your division but it's form to win the playoffs like our it. yeah
1: yeah where, where, where do you see them finishing in the division
2: uh, hopefully top but i don't know i'm i'm horrendous at predictions, absolutely horrendous so yeah i play there's a group of us play the fantasy league every year and every year i'm like yes this is it you know i've got the edge i know stuff that these people don't know you know these experts that that rate players for 11 but yeah i'm always terrible um but no i don't I, i'm i would think we'd make the playoffs although i've seen they've changed the playoff they're changing the playoff format uh, to uh, seven per league so I think, yeah, definitely would should make the playoffs, given that. But even without that changing, I think we would have. I think we'd be top two in the division, hopefully. But but it's going to be tough, yeah. There's, I think there's not going to be much between the top three again.
1: And, yeah, who would you pip if somebody was pipping the Jays to first spot? Who would that team be? Who do you think's the stronger one? It's,
2: uh, I don't know. New York always looks like they've made good trades and they never work out. There's something not right in that. They're, they're the man united of the are the. The league than aren't they, but um, it's just always hard to discount the Rays. They just they just get it done. Yeah, just it's such a well run organization and find a way to do things right. You know, um, yeah. so yeah, t- I think they're probably that's kind of a, that's always our matchup. If we can beat the Rays over the season, it's a good season, and we have a good season. You know, but too often they just they just annoy us. <laughs>
1: absolutely okay that's um that's excellent let's um let's head towards our 10 questions as we're sort of drawing to to a close um okay. so I'm going to just throw these out actually before i do that dave i, I just um i think i haven't mentioned which isn't great when it comes to a pod because people won't see it um but uh on your wall to your right hand shoulder you yep. have a blue jays um, bit of an artwork which yeah. looks very similar to the Blue Jays bit of artwork that I have hanging over my left shoulder as well
2: yes it is Chris Ripley
1: yeah that it's is. Chris Ripley of Blue Jays art on, on Twitter and, and other places yep. uh, so which season have you got hanging on your wall there
2: that's the end of the 2016 season
1: okay yeah mine's the 2015
2: so yeah so I almost got that and then I decided against that and I'm yeah not to annoy you, I'm really glad I waited because now he's got the centrepiece the three home runs, the Joe Carter one, the Batista one and the Encomance on one and yeah, good, like amazing pictures on. so I bought that at birthday money and stuff and bought it and I said to my wife, I was like, I'm just going to put it up in the garage and she was like, well, you can't, you've spent money on it, you can't put it in the garage, we'll put it in the living room. I'm like, right, okay, I, I didn't expect that, you know, I was trying to hide my excitement there when she said that, but yeah, now with the uh, with young Scott along, she was like, we need to I think we might need to move that. Right, okay. I tried to convince her we could move the picture from, from our in- engagement shoot, but she wasn't having. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, but they are amazing bits of work. If you haven't if yeah. guys, if you haven't seen them, do look up Chris Ripley. Um he's based out in Calgary, I think, off, off the top yeah. of my head um but his artwork is just second to none really it's it's extraordinary stuff so um very yep. nice hanging on
0: the wall there you're listening to red white and blue jays the podcast of blue jays fans u k okay
1: let's uh let's do our quick ten ten questions and just see where you land with these so okay. your your favorite player from twenty twenty one uh I find it really hard to pick one, to be honest. I, like, I don't really know. I like
2: Manoa, I like Guriel eh, Hernandez, or, I don't know. These guys just seem to, I mean, they all seem to have fun, but I just like the way they they seem to have fun playing and stuff and Manoa just come in and, yeah, new, kind of new picture to the league and stuff and you're hoping he can be okay and he was brilliant, you know. Just a nice, it seems a nice big guy just, Big, gentle giant gets on with it. And yeah, but yeah. the other two, they just, I like watching Gary Ellen playing out in the field and, you know, he's outfield assist and stuff like that. And I like what I like that side of it, the kind of art of defense. And
1: yeah. yeah. And he's done exceptionally well, hasn't he? Considering he, you know, wasn't a natural first baseman. He played at third base for a bit and then obviously yeah. mo- moved across and they worked hard with him. Uh, and he played, he did some good plays over
2: 2021. Yeah, yeah. exciting.
1: Very good. Excellent. favorite Jays player of all time?
2: Uh in on, hands down. I don't know why just just always liked him just from from when I started watching, you know. Just another big kind of gentle giant, but unbelievable hitter and stuff. And I love that. See when he got into like a good rut, a good not a good rut, that doesn't make sense, a good groove. And you see him just like rocking into pitches. Just amazing. Was it twenty. 20- 14, he a month. Did he not have like 14 homers in the month of May or something? Like, unbelievable. It's just every day you're just waiting for the next one. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys from that 2015 team that I loved, though. And I'm going to say one really controversial one, Colabello. Loved watching him. Well, and
1: I, it is day he was brilliant.
2: Yeah, I will say 100%. I don't believe it. he took performance in hands and drugs. Hmm. Do you know he's still fighting it to this day and he's not he playing. He's yeah, and I just think if he wasn't if he, if he hadn't if he'd taken them, he wouldn't still be drawing attention to it do you know but anyway yeah that season he was amazing then obviously that happened and he wasn't yeah. the same but I don't think any of us would be the same if we had something like that hanging over us no it's know? massive but, isn't
1: it yeah it's yeah, massive
2: but him and there was a few from then like Ryan Gones mm-hmm. and stuff underrated players that sure. Ryan Gones defence was brilliant I, I
1: was yeah. watching that yeah yeah his uh, his pitching wasn't too bad either was it
2: was he got like a zero ERA?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's pretty pretty good stuff. I think he was then injured for the next I don't know two or three weeks, wasn't he? Because he put so much yeah. effort into it. But um, okay, your favorite non-Jays player?
2: I'd say I don't know the now maybe. I mean, it's hard not to like Mike Trout, isn't it? He's such a he seems such a good person
1: and unbelievable player. Do you know what? It, yeah. Probably him. Um, previous players like,
2: it's oh, probably another controversial one here ago, but um, David Ortiz. Yeah. So that was the year I kind of started watching. I remember watching the playoffs and watched he was on a tear that playoff. And every time he came to the plate, you're just sitting going, why are you pitching to him? Why are you not walking him? Like, but yeah, but he was just, I love his presence at the plate. He's obviously a big, big guy. But he stands there so quietly, like there's not much movement in the bat. Everything's dead slow, and just explodes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. excellent. Very good. Yeah. Well, this one might be interesting based on the fact that you've been to a couple. Uh, your favourite ballpark away from Rogers Centre?
2: Um, probably progress a field away from Rogers Centre. I mean, that. Uh, yeah, it probably is progressive field, but obviously I like Roger Centre because of the sentimental fact of it and the fact that it's the blue jays and all that. But yeah. I mean, I don't to be honest, though, I probably don't remember enough from Detroit to make a fair judgment, but yeah. But they, it's a fair, I mean it's a fair. they talk about like the Roger Center, like oh it's really old, it's dated. Like these modern ones, it's all just steel. It's all just concrete floors, walls, ceilings that they just dress up a wee bit. Oh still nice to see it in a nice backdrop.
1: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. I think the Rangers ball new ballpark looks terrible. Um now we, I, obviously they're perfect, playing. Perfect they're playing for the team, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely perfect for the team. But they're obviously playing in an environment which is, you know, they need a roof from, from their heat point of view. Uh, yep. but um yeah, what they've created there, it's um it's a shocking design. Okay, so uh, when you were in your box, what was your favorite baseball food that you got dished up on that on that day?
2: Uh, in the box, chicken wings. Like I, I just can't see past chicken wings. Matt and Uncle took us to the anchor bar in the, in Buffalo. Just amazing. It's just yeah. in having But yeah, uh, like apart from that, probably hot dogs So If you're sitting in a stand, you're probably not gonna get chicken wings, but hot dogs yeah, yeah. and just yeah.
1: typical mean, stuff. Easily pleased. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it sounds that like not much haggis being served up in the uh, in the ballpark. No, I'm these afraid days. not, they're missing out. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what drink would you go with your food?
2: Uh, I'm not really that first, to be honest. I don't drink, I don't drink alcohol, so I would just be a drink of juice like Sprite, lemonade, coke, whatever. I wouldn't if they don't have a fine brew, I'm not that first. Brew. Yeah. <laughs> that's that pure pure nectar.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Uh your day or night game?
2: Um if I was at the game probably night game, but obviously over here I like watching the day games and like the five the, like the four o'clock start for us, so on nine o'clock's perfect for me, you know, Scott's in bed. I can sit and watch it, yeah. but
1: yeah.
2: If I was there probably night game.
1: Very good. Oh, we phones just closed at the inappropriate time. Your favourite Jay's jersey colour. Uh
2: just the royal blue.
1: Okay. Nice and traditional.
2: Yeah, I quite like the white as well. I've never really liked the gray The 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 new blue, I didn't like it at first. I'm beginning to like it a wee bit, but I still wouldn't be buying it. I did but I, I, I did buy one of the hats though, but yeah. Just not that convinced by it.
1: Okay. It's nobody's got, me. Nobody's gone for red jerseys yet. I don't think I've had a red one yet. For obvious reasons. Okay, uh,
2: your favourite Jersey J's number on the back of your shirt. So I've, uh, yeah, it would be ten for me. predating, like liking, then coming say on it. So when I play golf, I mark, you need to mark your golf ball with an ink or whatever so you can identify it as yours. Um, and I've always yeah. just marked it with a ten. Um, I don't, I don't really know why. I guess maybe from watching football and stuff. I'm not even that big a football fan, but there's just a few players I liked that were number ten and. You know, the mighty Phil O'Donnell for Motherwell.
1: Oh, <laughs> the <number> mighty.
2: <laughs> yep. Zanadine hey, Zidane and all that. And yeah. Yeah,
1: of course. Very good. Okay, number ten. And roof open or roof closed?
2: Uh open, I think. I would I would like to see it open during the game, but yeah, you'd you'd want to open. That nice skylight. That's in fact. That's one 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 of my memories from that holiday I had in eighty nine when I was three years old was being in the CN Tower and looking down and the mm-hmm. roof was opening when we were looking down. And I remember my dad saying, like, oh, if anyone's got tickets or if anyone didn't get tickets for the game, you can just watch it from here and stuff. Yeah. Just that, it just came out of my mind there. Like I've not thought of that for ages, but it just came into my head there.
1: Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Great, great memories. Dave, brilliant. That was, that was excellent chatting to you. I had loads of other questions that I was going to just chat to you about the CBA and all that sort of stuff and whether we're actually going to get baseball. But um, I think time's basically run out on us, but what I did want to, I did want to just close with, because at the time of recording, the GB curling team have ladies curling team just got through to the gold medal final. Obviously the guys got through yesterday and I was just, you know, being Scottish, I just wanted to know, and I was going to ask you at the beginning, I totally forgot, but being Scottish, what what's your let's just end on a real positive, what's your your curling skills like?
2: Um Yep. <laughs> yep. I've that never idiot. ever tried it. I saw a curling stone once on a B and B I was in. Um no. I don't know. I can tell you all the curling stones for the Olympics are made and by one company in Scotland. Right. And that's okay. The okay. Ex- that's, that's the extent of my my knowledge. But
1: so, so you're not very yeah. dapt with the old broom around the house. You, you, your wife hasn't got you sort of mopping the floors and doing all that stuff. Uh,
2: not uh, just the Hoover. I'm afraid
1: yeah, just the Hoover. But many congratulations, then. I mean, it's a great achievement because we've not done so well at this Winter Olympics as we have in previous years. So to see those two teams go through is an amazing yeah amazing feat and so really rooted for them. I I I love the curling. I I get quite into it actually. So yeah. um, it's good good yeah, good stuff.
2: It's one of one of these one ones you see at the Olympics and you suddenly into it again and then yeah, totally. you to watch it for another four years. But exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We're all experts. We all know how to do it. Dave, no. thank you, thank you so much for spending time tonight. Uh it's been really cool to catch up with you. Uh, just enjoyed listening to your stories and memories and and uh, just the things that have brought um, joy to your, you and your family in terms of watching the Jays and let's just keep hoping that we do get baseball next year. Um it's still looking very dodgy at the moment I think to be fair. Um yeah. but uh, it's uh, optimistic
2: hopefully- I'm optimistic.
1: Let's hope so. I think I think the only thing that came out in the news this week, which I was really pleased to hear, is about um, Dante Bajet, uh, Bo Bajet's dad, who, of course, was employed by the Jays um, as one of their coaches. But, of course, with the CBA yep. thing, the coaching teams and the players can't talk to each other, so he's actually resigned from his post yeah. with the Jays in order for him to be able to carry on helping Bo and I think a couple of the other guys who are based down in Florida as well. Uh, so I think um, yeah. you know, tip of the cap to him in uh, in helping the the players keep focused and just waiting for whatever happens to happen. So we'll see yeah, where absolutely. we'll see where it lands. Anyway, mate, thank you so much, uh, guys. Hopefully, you enjoyed listening to Dave's stories. Again, just to remind you that if you want to come on and tell us a little bit about yourselves, then please let me know. Get in touch either by email or via Twitter. Um, but uh, for now, we thank you for listening and look forward to catching up with you soon. Take care. Bye.
0: The Red, White and Blue Jays podcast is a production of Blue Jays Fans UK. If you've got a Blue Jay story to share, let us know. Email us at bluejaysfansuk at gmail.com and follow along on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Jays Fans UK. I'm your announcer, Jim Langton. Thanks for listening.